going on guys welcome on back to second and short in this week's edition of monday movers uh this week is gonna be very special because instead of talking about our traditional top three and bottom three we're gonna go over game by game and give you a small little bit of analysis on who is moving up from that game as well as who is moving down if there are any i am joined with my co-hosts aaron ben molly mcintyre i'm tyler lauder let's get to it aaron kick us off we're starting off with a team that's near and dear to my heart, played on Thursday night, and that's the uh, Colts playing at the Titans, um, the Titans being the team that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, and for downs, I just want to talk about how disappointing, there's a lot of things down about the Titans this game, but the biggest thing was their special team. Ever since Bo Brinkley got the COVID, he got mushy brain, so they let him go, brought in a new long snapper. He's messed up a couple snaps that, uh, this past week. Uh, their punter, who for some reason they brought in this FedEx delivery driver off the street instead of Ryan Allen, who bombed it last week, uh, shanked a punt, led to a Colts touchdown, had another punt blocked. That's not on him, but that's on special teams as a whole. Blocked punt for a touchdown. It was just really bad. Gostkowski is not... I mean, he's missing kicks left right anywhere but the center i mean special teams has gotta they gotta get something going there yeah not just special teams but titans as a whole i mean you guys are one and three in your last four games it's got to be frustrating i i, I mean these kicking woes it's not like these are brand new like we're, we were talking about this goskowski i feel like has went up and down on this list in this ep- these episodes like three times and here we are again yeah, I mean, they call, they call him the human heartbeat monitor because he's just up and down all day. Molly, talk about, talk about who's moving up from this game. Uh, let, me, let me just not butcher this name here. Naheem Hines, all right? So he, you know, they have uh, Marlon Mack who got hurt week one. You know, they kind of lost a lot of power running there. Uh, but the Jonathan Taylor, there's a lot of hype for him. He's just not ready as a rookie yet. But I think Naheem Hines, honestly... He's kind of he's kind of carrying this run game, and it doesn't look like much. They only had like 130 yards rushing, but he had 70 of those yards. Uh, bet, best day of his career: two touchdowns, 70 rushing yards, and 45 receiving yards. I think this Colts team is getting better week by week. Personally, I think that they're a team that nobody really is going to want to play once you go down the stretch. I I truly like the Colts. I think Naheem Hines is going to be really important to this offense moving forward, especially maybe if they don't bring back Marlon Mack next year since he's under a contract year. But I think the Colts put on a show against the Titans. Uh, a little bit disappointed by the Titans. I don't think that FedEx delivery driver is going to have a punting job anymore. He might be delivering packages this holiday season. But it was a good game Thursday night. Yeah, Niem Hines over the past four games has 20 targets to his name. Uh, he's good for 15 receptions there. He's got four total touchdowns. He's really coming on strong as of late. And just everything he did worked out. I mean, he was averaging nine yards of reception. He was averaging almost six yards of run. It's just this Titans team kind of got down in a rut and they, they couldn't seem to get themselves out of it once the second half started. If you look at uh, Philip Rivers real quick, not to interrupt anybody, but if you look at Philip Rivers' his entire career, he's really banked on the check down running backs, whether it be Danny Woodhead or Austin Eckler. So Naheem Himes is really important to Philip Rivers in this offense. And I think going forward, you're going to see a lot more of him in the end zone. Now let's switch on over to Sunday's action. And when we got to Sunday's action, there was a lot of... Uh, a lot of games started off hot, started off on fire, except for one game, and that was the Houston Texans, Cleveland Browns, weather delay, and it just seemed like this game, if you didn't watch it as like a fan of these teams, 
you were okay. You didn't miss much. The game wasn't very entertaining. But you know who was entertaining? Miles Garrett. That guy is, in my opinion right now, the front runner for Defensive Player of the Year. I think the fact that, I mean, I think he should have always been in the running for the past couple of years. But the fact that now the Browns are a good team, he's actually going to be properly represented. And now that he leads the league in sacks at nine and a half, separating himself a little bit from Aaron Donald, I mean, he's got seven more games. He's obviously going to get double digits. He's probably going to end up around 16. I'm highly impressed for Miles Garrett in this game. Yeah, and staying on the same team, if we're talking about who didn't impress last yesterday at that game, there's the Browns offense. I mean, this is a team that they, they had the, the, the top-ranked run offense for a large part of the season thanks to Nick Chubb. They got Nick Chubb back, and I know both of them both Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, they got over 100 yards each. I know they won. I know it was raining. It was kind of a shitty weather game. But you would have expected them to at least hit the 20-point mark at the very least, in my opinion. Yeah, I, not to dwell on this any longer, but if you look at look at their offensive stats, they had 350 total yards, and almost 250 of those were rushing yards. I, I mean, they don't have Odell, and they probably won't have Odell ever again, it sounds like. But they still have Jarvis Landry and Austin Hooper, and it's just kind of disappointing. And I think that the Browns need to really take a close look and see if Baker Mayfield is going to be their guy moving forward. Yeah, and I think if there was like a an asterisk, an additional plus we would give here, we'd give it to the offensive line. We did a great job, only allowed one sack. Um, you know, the Browns averaged 5.6 yards per carry. They would have had an extra touchdown if Nick Chubb didn't walk out at the one-yard line, uh, which is always, it's always, we debate about this all the time. It is actually kind of refreshing to see somebody take the game ahead of his own stats in the long run. Uh, let's move on. Let's talk about the football team at the Lions. Uh, there's, you know, this game was exciting. It's classic Lions football. They almost lost the lead at the end, but let's talk about Alex Smith. I read something yesterday, and not to keep talking about Philip Rivers, even you know the, you know that's my guy. He said that he's been studying Philip Rivers' tape to see how he can play without moving his legs. And yesterday, he almost put up 400 yards. He didn't have a touchdown, but his running game was just insane. They had three rushing touchdowns. I think this football team, you know, like it's really tough to kind of put a label on them, but they've actually been like exceeding expectations for a two and seven team for me. And you love to see Alex Smith coming back after a horrific career ending injury yeah i mean just the fact that he could step on the field is absolutely insane it speaks a lot to his determination and his character and the fact that he's not only stepped back onto the field and started his first game since that injury he also threw for almost 400 yards uh almost let that really great comeback against the lions so big ups to him yeah, the fact that Alex Smith is playing is amazing right now. I know there's a lot of debate going on on Comeback Player of the Year uh, where a lot of people think he is going to win it because of his story. I myself am okay with that because we had a similar thing with Eric Berry a few years ago. Uh, I know a lot of Steelers fans will probably be mad because they want Big Ben to win everything that he can win. But, you know, going into this game, Jeff Okuda, and he he didn't do well here. He He kind of got worked, but, I mean, Terry McLaurin is – in my opinion, working into that elite status, he's, he's going to be climbing that ladder into the top 10 territory in my eyes. I, I think he's that good of a receiver. Jeff Okuda showed the risk of drafting cornerbacks in the NFL draft. And that's the fact that like you need them to cover guys, but they struggle early against pass offensive concepts and everything. And it's just, 
it showed here. And over the season, Jeff Okuda, at least coming into this game, he's allowed 32 receptions out of 44 targets. Like his, his pro football focus grade up to date on this season is a 40. That's not good. Nothing you expect out of the number three draft pick. Now, this is one of those things where I'm not super down on him because I know with time, he should get better. But then again, I mean, we have these cornerbacks come out all the time that are supposed to be, you know, barn burners, and they just never develop. Yeah, and I mean, he's shown improvement over the last few weeks, but he's still not at the level you'd like to see from a number three overall pick. All right, let's move on to Jacksonville Jags, Green Bay Packers, and why was this game not a blowout? I don't know. I was watching the same thing. I was setting my FanDuel lineup yesterday, and I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm putting in Aaron Rodgers, Devonta Adams, Tanya, Jones, and it was just like, what's going on here? The Packers should have blown them away by like a thousand points, and it was so close. But all credit, all credit here to Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is still playing elite football. You know, he's 325 for two touchdowns. I, I wish he would have been more inflated so I could have won more money yesterday. But Aaron Rodgers at his age, you know, he's just still playing at a great level. If the Packers could draft him another elite wide receiver, I can't see anybody beating this team. But I'm kind of a little disappointed, but I still give all the credit to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and I like that. I like that kind of subtle fan duel ad that you threw out there. They might give us some sponsorship. Sponsor me, yeah, for sure. Um, I, I feel like with how well Russell Wilson and Josh Allen uh, were playing earlier this season, I think Aaron Rodgers got kind of overshadowed, though he has been in some MVP talks, but I just think he's been playing very consistently this whole season and showing no signs of slowing down or anything like that. I talked about it on Fantasy Fridays, how Aaron Rodgers is getting disrespected in the MVP talks. I know you're saying right there, that he has had some coverage and everything, but his statistics are almost replication of his other MVP seasons. I mean, go after this game now, he has 26 touchdowns to three interceptions. He's not getting sacked a ton. He's not turning over the ball. His completion percentage is what his completion percentage always is. He's hitting his career average. And th- that right there is like a mind-blowing thing. Like, he right now is almost on pace to jump into those like top five touchdown scoring seasons. And we're not even talking about it. Like 26 touchdowns through nine games is insane. Yeah. I mean, I think in the coming weeks, we're going to start hearing a lot more about Aaron Rodgers. Once everyone kind of starts regressing to the mean, talking about Josh Allen and Russell Wilson, Uh, the down. And I mean, this is kind of a funny one. The down that I think we took from this game was miles Jack's acting career. Uh, There was a play where Jack kind of, he had kind of a late hit on the ball carrier. Uh, one, of the, one of the Jacksonville players came and kind of lightly sh- pushed Jack off of the player. And Jack just went full on. Like, you know the stereotype professional soccer players where they get tapped and then they just like go down, clutching their, their wrist, clutching their face. This was exactly that. His hands around his neck. It looked like he was having a heart attack. I thought. I thought maybe he was he was dying right there on the field until he came up just looking for the flag. It was pretty bad, and thank God the refs didn't give him that penalty. So better luck next year, Jack. All right, now let's shift on over to one of the most competitive. I feel like this is fair to say, like the most competitive division in the NFL right now is the <laughs> NFC East. Like these teams are all so close to each other and how 
average they are, how bland they are, that nobody wants to win this division. Like, I just saw something. I saw a tweet, and I, don't, I didn't fact check this and everything, so bear with me. Uh, but the Washington football team is now two games away from potentially getting Trevor Lawrence, and they're also two games away from leading their division. Like, you never can say that about teams, that they can have the number one pick or leading their division within two games. It's disgusting, honestly. Like, the combined record in the NFC East is 10-26-1. And one of those fuckers is going to host a playoff game while someone else in the NFC is going to miss the playoffs at like 9-7, 10-6. It's going to be crazy. But I was impressed yesterday with Daniel Jones. I mean, like, the Eagles are just so injury-ridden on that defense and everything. But Daniel Jones threw for almost 250. You know, he's the leading rusher on the Giants. I mean, he got some got a rushing touchdown to make up for that 90-yard one he, he screwed up a couple weeks ago. But Daniel Jones looked pretty good yesterday, and you can't say that often. And the, the big thing for me with Daniel Jones this week is the, the turnovers. Like, his whole career until now, they've been talking about the, it, the fact that he turns the ball over so much. And, and this week, he had no turnovers, no interceptions, no fumbles. And this is, I think, the second time, second game he's won that hasn't been against the, the Washington football team. Is that right? Uh, so this is a big plus for him. And I think showed a step in the right direction. He is the modern-day Brett Favre, though. You know, we have to give him a little credit for that. And, and here's the thing. That, that Sean run... I, the whole time I saw that, I was like, just holding on, just like, come on, man, don't fall. You can do it. You can do it. Don't trip. <laughs> but he's got some quickness, and him leading the team in rushing doesn't bother me because we know Barkley's out, and they literally have like a gang of guys that they just grabbed off like off the off the NFL free agency corner, and we're like, hey, you three guys used to run a, run a football. You guys want to come play with us? Like, that's just how they do it. But uh, who's getting it down here, though, Aaron? Uh, for me, it's Carson Wentz. This is a guy who, just a couple of years ago, he was probably going to win the MVP if he didn't, if he didn't get hurt, and then have Nick Foles end up leading them to the Super Bowl. Uh, so far this season, he's just not lived up to expectations. I know they have terrible, terrible offensive line problems, but even that taken into account, he's throwing for under sixty percent completion percentage. He's got a one-to-one touchdown-interception ratio. 6.1 yards per attempt. Not looking good. That's not the look you want to see from your franchise quarterback. You know, I mean, I think a lot of people were always down on quarterbacks like Andrew Luck for always being injured. And I think that same energy, you know, like, but they, they act like Carson Wentz is like a god. You know, like, I just, you know, I just never understood that. And I think the more and more I watch Carson Wentz, the more and more I lose faith in him as a quarterback. And I get that they're injured. And I, you know, they're just, they're just not a great football team, but I honestly think Carson Wentz won't be that guy for the Eagles. I think, I'm not saying they need to abandon Carson Wentz and find a new quarterback, but he's just consistently disappointing. Well, I mean, they already kind of have, and Jalen Hurts. uh, Yeah, they have Jalen Hurts in the wings, but on top of that, like Carson Wentz has a ridiculous amount of guaranteed money for next year. That would just be like the dead cap on that would be so detrimental that you playing him as your best option. Here's my thing. I'm not a, I don't, I don't hate Carson Wentz. I don't think he's actually playing the worst. I think this is one of those situations where we look at a guy and he doesn't have a great supporting cast. I mean, before the season started, like right before week one, three of his five starting offensive linemen were hurt. 
And then, like, the one of the backups got hurt as well. Like, he was down four of his nine total offense linemen right away. He hasn't had Alshon Jeffrey, you know, up until this game. We only had one target. Deshaun Jackson's been hurt. Zach Ertz has been hurt the whole game. Miles Sanders was just gone for a couple of games. I mean, some of his top targets that he's throwing to are Greg Ward, Boston Scott, and Travis Fulham. And even though Travis Fulham has been playing great as of late, those aren't household names. Those aren't guys that are going to be playmakers in and out. So Carson Wentz does get it down here because we do need to see quarterbacks play with whatever you got type thing. Like, like make lemonade out of, out of garbage. Like, you got to try and find a way. Yeah, so that's, that's the expression, Tyler. Well, yeah, because, like, he doesn't have lemons. If he had lemons, they'd be playing better. He's clearly got a garbage. bunch of just random garbage. <laughs> yeah, just a bunch of things somebody found in a bucket and was like, here you go, man, lead the team. Because I, don't, I honestly don't think Doug Peterson is a good, good enough head coach to stay in this NFL. I think he's too complacent, and I think he plays it safe too often, which is such a surprise considering the fact that, like, the Philly special creators. Let's move on. Let's move on. Hang on. I'm going to wipe the tears out of my eyes, you know, because second half football, third down football uh, just annoys me. We're talking about Tampa Bay and Carolina, okay? Oh, man. And this, this was such a good game up until halftime. Tyler, what happened? It's a tale of two halves, man, you know? Uh, Carolina came out very strong, very strong, uh, and they were playing. They were actually, in my opinion, they were outplaying Tampa Bay in the game uh they had a slight drop pass right at the end where they almost would have gotten in field goal range even in the second half there were a lot of times that their defense was holding the bucks to a field goal but then they were just turning the ball over and we just saw too many things i'm gonna say right now i don't care what people say about this offense and like how it runs christian mccaffrey makes this team so much better even if it's predictable they are in position to win every time he's out there now, the up real quick before we talk about downs, Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown's back. The guy looks good. He never missed a beat. I mean, I, I was praising this guy saying he's the best receiver in the NFL before all this stuff happened. Yeah, and I mean, he didn't, he didn't explode off the stat sheet, but he did, have a, he did lead the team in receptions at seven, seven catches, 69 yards, and no touchdowns, but it's kind of a solid, like, getting back into the groove of things game. I think it's going to be hard for Antonio Brown to ever explode on this team, because if you just look at the fucking, <laughs> just the talent, they are just stacked everywhere around, but Antonio Brown did look good, you know, the, the Buccaneers, and this just blew my mind, I just looked it up, had almost 600 yards of total offense yesterday, that's crazy. The, the, Buccane the Buccaneers are just nutty, truly, I just have no words, I don't think. Well, and that leads us kind of into the next, uh, to the down for this game, which is the Panthers' defense, in my opinion. Like you said, they led up, they gave up 341 yards, passing to Tom Brady, rushing over 210 yards. They give up that 98-yard run to Ronald Jones. And so the defense has not been super strong all year. They have a lot of young players. You remember their entire rookie class was defensive players. And the third down defense has been, if not for the Titans' third down defense, their third down defense would kind of be like historically bad. And, but yeah, we're looking for this is definitely something that you'd want to improve in the future. Now, let's move forward. Let's talk about, I mean, that, that was it right there. That's it. We are already done with our morning games. The afternoon had six games, which is actually what you said, Crazy. Aaron. 
what you enjoy. Yeah, and it's, yeah, it is crazy. It. Now, let's talk about a divisional matchup. You know, we had our classic rivalry, Broncos, Raiders. This game went exactly how I thought it would because Drew Locke is not a starting NFL quarterback. I've been saying it time Say and time louder. again. <laughs> he is not the franchise quarterback. He is just a guy playing quarterback right now. That's it. Yeah, and I'll, I'll, I'll be the first to, to kind of eat my hat because I was kind of riding the Drew Locke hype train this offseason. I thought he showed some flashes last year. Uh, I thought he had a lot of potential, but it came in and he hasn't, he hasn't looked more, much more than uh, your average Blake Bortles uh, so far this season. Uh, last <laughs> night passed for one touchdown, uh, four interceptions. Just a uh, very, very poor showing last night and throughout this whole year. Yeah, and like not to not to slam on the kid or anything, but he's honestly such a douche. Like he would like he he beats like the injury riddle riddle Chargers and he's like dancing and yeah, great. You came back from a twenty one point lead, but like you can't beat a good team to save your life, you know. And I think the Broncos I, I think Drew Locke is just not the guy. And I I mean it was pretty satisfying for me to watch him throw four interceptions yesterday. Not to be a douche, but that's just is what it is. Some divisional rivalry. <laughs> hate that. I love it. On on the flip side of that, you know, the ups are the defensive backs for the the Las Vegas Raiders. I mean, they played well. Uh, when I was watching that game, almost every it seems like there was a point in time where literally every time I turned around to watch that TV, watch that game, there's another interception being thrown, or there was another pass deflection. Like they they just balled out. They're a lot better than. They should be, honestly. I think the Raiders at 6-3 and three is way above where I saw them being. I know that you guys had a lot of offseason hype on the Raiders, but I always kind of was like, oh, you know, I'm hesitant, but they're, they're pretty good. Yeah, it seems like the defense kind of is putting it together, and they, they, I think they're going to make this postseason run by the end of the season. Yeah, this is going to be like the one team that we didn't jinx in our like preseason hype <laughs> videos. Like, All right, let's move on. Let's move on. Yeah, let's, yeah. <laughs> let's talk about let, 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 we can get there. We'll get there. You can just I'm just gonna give you the floor. Like this is what I like to do when you guys have your own teams up here. Let's talk about the Chargers and Dolphins. You know, let's talk about let's talk about how good the best rookie quarterback in the league is right now. Uh, okay. I don't I don't know what you want me to say. I don't know if you're leading me into a trap, but I I mean, there's a couple ups here, and I said it yesterday as a joke. Chargers are one game closer to fire Anthony Lynn. But let's talk about Miami's defense here. They uh. They just they just kind of came out and just destroyed them. They just handled the Chargers special teams. They handled the offense. And there was an interview too, not to not to switch topics here. <clears throat> that Tua was just like, yeah, Chargers were so damn predictable. We knew what they were gonna do, and we just kept doing it. And I think the Dolphins are actually blowing my mind. Personally, I think they'll make the playoffs. And I think I think this is a team that's only gonna get better as Tua gets more seasoned. Well, and after the Bills lost yesterday, the Dolphins are very much in the in the run for the division title. Yeah, the, this defense has been great. The secondary um, has been top notch, just like we thought. Like after with having eight Xavier Howard, adding uh, Byron Jones this past off season, it's I know this defense has surprised everyone pretty much. Uh, but I don't think we should be surprised. They have a lot of talent, and I think they're going to be end up being one of the top defenses going forward this season and into next season. Yeah, I think the Dolphins did this whole rebuild correct, and like we're seeing it right now, how good it is. Now, 
obviously you can go out and you can spend all your money, all your guaranteed money on these like top tier defensive free agents. But I mean, they went out and got guys like, 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 and they did pay Byron Jones. But if you look at other guys like Shaq Lawson, um, Kyle Van Noy, just like nice, competent edge rushers. And these are guys that are getting pressure on the quarterback. They're playing at a high level. And I just, I'm impressed with the Dolphins team as well. What's scary about this is that these guys are playing so well right now and they don't even have like a dominant running back. Like they're literally just, they're literally playing the running back shuffle and just, you know, siphoning these guys out left and right and mixing it up. Big ups for the Miami Dolphins defense. This team is looking good in the future. We don't really have it down for this. uh, So we'll just keep it moving. And our next game is the team we were just talking about, who they are closing in on. That's the Buffalo Bills, Arizona Cardinals. Um, this game, if you can rewatch any game from the weekend, this is the game to rewatch. It was great from start to finish. Also, if you guys want, just go to the final 10 seconds, and that'll be all you need to see as well. Like, like I, I saw a freeze frame. I forget who tweeted it. It was an NBA player, and they zoomed in on DeAndre Hopkins making that catch. And his hands, he's wearing Jordan gloves, and somebody goes, this is a goddamn Jordan commercial. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. That, that is our up for this game is just DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, I know Kyler Murray had, the, had a decent game uh, running and throwing, but just based on this one play alone, uh, that also by chance won me my fantasy matchup, uh, DeAndre Hopkins gets our big ups this week. He went in the end zone, looked like, a uh, cross between Megatron and uh, a giraffe uh, just went up above three defenders. And these aren't just any old defenders. These are all pro. These are Pro Bowl uh, defenders. Jadavius White, Jordan Poyer from the, from the Buffalo Bills. Uh, so this is an incredible catch. Probably going to go down as one of the best catches in NFL history. Yeah, I said it before we started recording. And the Texans should call Bill O'Brien one more time. Fire him again. Because they got nothing for this guy you know like they got a running back a pick here and it's just I can't believe that DeAndre Hopkins and you can argue that Sean Watson's the leader on that team and I'd agree but your best team and you just trade your best player on your team and you just trade him away and then he does shit like this week after week impressive kind of blows your mind it's just honestly the Cardinals just they continue to impress too there's a lot of these teams that like the seven and two and six and three mark that are just like you're looking at them, and they're not the Chiefs, they're not the Steelers, but like, oh, if they get the right thing going, I think the Cardinals would be one of them. Now, I might need a confirmation on this. There was a, a pass thrown to Larry Fitzgerald. It kind of hit his hands. They intercepted it. I believe that is Larry Fitzgerald's first drop since 2018, like week like eight. Damn. Uh, yeah, so sh- I think that was just such a fluke play, in my opinion. It was- but here's the thing. If he never touches it, it hits the ground. It's not an interception. So, like, yeah. I feel like you have to give him the drop and everything. And that's still, he still to this day has more career tackles than he does drops. But we just saw something sad going on there. Um, you know, and let's talk about why this game was so close, why it was so competitive. And the Buffalo Bills continue to have poor third, third quarters. Yeah, they, they, this whole team this season, they've been known as, like, as a team that doesn't know how to play in the third quarter. And it happened again this time, 14 points uh, against the Cardinals after Josh Allen threw a touchdown to Cole Beasley in the third quarter. And then from then on, they had, I think, four more drives in the third quarter, three punts and a Josh Allen interception. And that ultimately is what led to the, to the Cardinals being able to get back in it and win the game. Uh, 
I know Josh Allen threw an incredible, incredible touchdown pass to Stephon Diggs. So people will be talking about that more if not for the Hopkins catch. But they got to find a way to improve what they're doing in the third quarter in, the, in these games. Now, moving on to another divisional game, and the Seattle Seahawks took on the Los Angeles Rams, and Seattle's kind of in a slump right now. Uh, Molly, let's talk about that game, and let's talk about how this, I mean, really, this is a bad, this is a defenses. We have defense going up and down for both these teams. Lead us on to one of those defenses and where they are going. Oh, uh, I want to, I'll take a minute to talk about the Rams defense here. Just a, just a couple things. I know last week we talked about the Seahawks and I was kind of like, you know, wouldn't be worried about them. They'll, they'll figure it out. And now I'm a little worried. I'm, I'm a little worried that they, they kind of took off and now they're coming back down, but the Rams defense really held them in check. They scored one touchdown and then just continued to hold them to field goals. They picked off Russell Wilson twice. And I think the craziest thing is DK Metcalf has been one of the best wide receivers all year long and Jalen Ramsey locked him down dk had like four targets 28 yards like truly it's just i was so impressed that or he had two he had four targets two receptions just get that right uh, i was just truly impressed by the way that the rams kind of came in there and manhandled the seahawks i think the seahawks need to kind of just figure out what's going on because if they keep slipping games especially to teams like the rams who now are ahead of them in the division it'll be tough to get into that playoff spot even with the seventh seed yeah, and I mean these guys—they're pretty beat up at cornerback as it is, and they—you would hope they would look to improve that position in the off season, and maybe draft one of those higher-rated cornerbacks uh, from college, or some big-name uh, free agent. But the defense does need a lot of work, unlike the Los Angeles Rams defense, Tyler. So the Rams came in and continued the success that Buffalo had the previous week. Russell Wilson now has he has seven interceptions in his last four games, all in their losses. They are one in three in their last four games, you know, and they're they're pretty much the NFC version of the Titans. These guys are mirror images of each other right now. Thank now, you. this defense played amazing. Jalen Ramsey, I was watching game the whole game, and Jalen Ramsey was literally like, it was like it was like he was like letting DK get a little bit of a head start. And was just like holding his jersey, just like staying that close to him the whole time. Uh, the defense overall was just getting constant pressure on the Seahawks team that man, is supposed to have a pretty good offensive line. Uh, Leonard Floyd, three sacks. Terrell Lewis, two sacks. Brockers got a sack. I mean, you can't expect to win a game when you have multiple turnovers, when you're getting sacked like crazy. I don't know what it is about Seattle. I don't know how they're going to fix this. Uh, they, they just got to find some way to get around it because. They got the Cardinals coming up next. Oh, you know what? I apologize. They're going to be just fine. They do have the Cardinals next, but then they have the Eagles, Giants, Jets, and football <laughs> team four in a row. So they'll be fine. They're, gonna, they're literally going to be 10-4 and four before you know it. But they've got to figure out how to beat teams in their division. Because if they don't, they're going to end up as the seventh seed, and they're going to have to end up traveling to Tampa Bay to play them. Now, let's move into... Our second to last game from Sunday night, Sunday afternoon. That is New Orleans Saints, San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Molly or Aaron, why don't you talk to us about Alvin Kamara? Because the quarterback play was meh, but Alvin Kamara continues to look good. Yeah, I mean, and we talked about Alvin Kamara on a previous episode as well. Uh, he's just, he's been their go to guy. Uh, he didn't have a whole lot of rushing yards. He only had 15 rushing yards on the ground, but he did have two touchdowns on the ground. 
where he really shows out is receiving. He had seven receptions, led the team receptions, led the team yards with 83 yards, another touchdown through the air. And it's just, it's, he's so much fun to watch when he has the ball. He has so much patience following his blockers, even downfield. Like, a lot of guys will kind of just run as fast as they can, try to outrun everyone. But Alvin Kamara, he, he likes to, to run behind his blocker, put a hand on his back, and wait for the block to get set up, and then just suddenly accelerate, put on that speed, and make the touchdown. Uh, I love watching him play, and he's got big ups from us this week. Fun fact about Alvin Kamara, he has three consecutive seasons with 81 receptions. He is going to break that this year. He's already at 67 through nine games. He's got seven more games where I think he is easily going to get over to the 100 mark. We're not going to see a record broken here, but clearly right now he is going to lead the league in receptions at the running back position. And for the Saints, that's the best way to play. That's the best way to win. And with Breeze potentially being out, you have Winston there. It's harder for him to turn the ball over if he's just dropping it off to Alvin Kamara. Yeah, uh, yeah, we don't have a down for this one, and I think that's fair because you could get down the 49ers, but they're just down enough. I don't think we need to talk about this one too much. It was impressive to see that the Saints, even without Drew Brees, kind of came in, and they were just like, you know what? We'll just give it to our guy and win this game. Alrighty, and last game of the Sunday afternoon. Uh, this was not a trap game. I thought it potentially could have been. I saw a situation where Joe Burrow was going to play really well, beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. But the Steelers team is still undefeated. I still am unsure about them. I kind of got into a mini debate with a Steelers fan yesterday, and pretty much I feel like they're thinking they're gods right now. Their schedule's been slack. They haven't been beating really good teams. Their team is playing well, though. You know, particularly a position that is always playing well for them, and that is the Steelers wide receivers. Molly. I've, I've said it in a previous recording, you can go back, clip it. The Steelers find wide receivers in the weirdest parts. You know, just like this, this, like a guy delivering FedEx packages or the third round or the third day draft pick. But they're just impressive. I think a lot of this credit goes to Big Ben. He just had a damn near perfect game yesterday. Threw, threw a kind of ball around. Chase Claypool got two. Juju got one. Deontay Johnson got one. And it's they're really impressive, honestly. They're wide receivers. Their defense, and you, yeah, they haven't played great teams. They're still impressive. I think the Steelers, regardless of the strength of schedule, you can only beat who's on your schedule. And I really think this team, even if they were brought, you know, the Chiefs or the Packers, I think that they could handle them. The Steelers get more interesting to watch week after week, and those wide receivers are a big part of it. With each of their starting wide receivers getting a touchdown, it looks like a, a dream scenario for any quarterback. Uh, and speaking of quarterbacks, we, the, the one we have going down this week from this game is Joe Burrow. Uh, he didn't play terrible, uh, but he, the, the Bengals just don't have, they're not set up for success. To, they're not set up to let Joe Burrow have that kind of success. He's got a ton of potential at wide receiver. T. Higgins looks like he is the real deal, who they thought he would be when they took him in the second round. Tyler Boyd has been great in the slot all year. Adrian Green has pretty much fallen off a cliff. Uh, but it, he does have sort of the, the basis for what you need. But uh, Joe Mixon being out really hurt them this week. And plus playing one of the best defenses in the last few years also hurts them a lot. Uh, finish the game just, just over five yards per attempt. Uh, just over 50% completion. No interceptions, but 
just kind of a really, really not great day for Joe Burrow. And our final game to talk about here is Sunday Night Football, where we had an upset, unless you were listening to me or reading my private messages to Aaron, which you shouldn't be. That's rude. Uh, Yeah, come on. Get off of us. New England Patriots took care of business, and they kind of showed a game plan. And I think this is just a... This is what happens in the NFL time and time again. Somebody comes out, plays big. Oh, my God, this guy's a superstar. He's never going to be stopped. People start to figure him out. And that's what happened here. We really don't have a down, but we have a huge up, and that's Damian Harris. Yeah, Damian Harris came in and did pretty much what they asked him to do, and that's just be this uh, kind of bell cow back. Uh, he ran for he t- he ran the ball 22 times for 121 yards. Five and a half yards per carry. Didn't have any really huge runs. Didn't even score a touchdown. But he was just, he did enough to keep the ball going and keep the clock running and pick up the first downs. And that's huge. It led the way for the team to get 173 yards rushing against a Ravens team that, although banged up, is supposed to be very good on defense. And I think this is just a testament of the genius that Bill Belichick is. I think we all knew that he was going to come in uh, against the Ravens, and you, you, there's just kind of this feeling that he knew how to beat them, and he did. I think it's important that you said that the Ravens aren't completely healthy, and this morning they lost. Uh, Boyle, you know, one of the best uh, blocking tight ends in the league, and that's going to be a huge hit, but I still think, regardless of these injuries, I think the Ravens are a bunch of frauds. Honestly, like, they're just, they just don't look like a good team. They're six and three, and I think that they should they should have won this game. It should have should have been no problem. The Patriots, Patriots, yeah, they've got a genius in Bill Belichick, and they always got a perfect scheme, but they're just not that good of a team, you know. I think that the Ravens should have came in and take care of the business, and they didn't. And they're one of those teams that can't if they're down. They were down, I think, 10, 10 points, and they just can't come back from can't come back from a deficit. I think the Ravens won't stand a chance against a lot of the teams in the AFC. And the last and final thing here, predictions. Monday Night Football, this is only going to be really valid for like 12 hours, and then the game's going to be over. But let's hear our predictions anyways. Uh, Minnesota Vikings traveling to Chicago to play the Bears. Bears are 5-4, and, five, and four, and Vikings are 3-5. and five. Uh, These teams are in opposite, heading in opposite directions right now. What do you guys got for a score prediction, Aaron? Well, I just got to say that I think the Bears are who everyone thought they were. And even when they were five and one, people were saying the worst five and one of all team. They were, in fact, very bad. Titans exposed them last week as well. And I think the Vikings are gonna beat them easily and give them a score of twenty-four to ten. I also have the Vikings here. I think the the Bears are really dinged up on both sides of their lines, which will make Dalvin Cook the superstar tonight. He's gonna go off for two, three touchdowns again. I have the Vikings beating them 27-13, to 13, and the Bears will lose another one. If Chicago can get a lot of pressure on Kirk Cousins, if they can get defensive touchdowns, this game will be completely different. I, however, think that Dalvin Cook is also going to run over them. Uh, Justin Jackson is going to look good. I just think, or sorry, Justin Jefferson is going to look good. I have the Minnesota Vikings win this game as well. I think it's going to be a low-scoring event. It's going to be 20-14. to 14. There you guys have it. We're on the Vikings. So go take your money to Vegas and go bet on the Bears. And that is going to do it for us here on Second and Short. Thank you guys for tuning in and listening to our brand new Monday Movers Edition episode. 
be sure to click that subscribe button down below to stay up to date on everything that is second and short also leave a like it's the cheapest way to support our podcast leave a comment down below of who you were impressed with and who you completely think shit the bed this weekend and be sure to check us out on all of our social media outlets such as on facebook where we're updating every post also on twitter where we try to uh, keep you guys involved with polls and everything and then on instagram we post midweek posts and news updates fantasy alerts things like that discussion points and also try to just send us a message on whatever platform whatever whatever time of day whenever you want thanks for listening guys y'all have a good night